What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Earn Your Good Day podcast, where we have a fundamental belief that people are stronger, more resilient, and far more capable of things than they believe in or are told are even possible. I'm your host, Zach Kanadi. Now, before we kick off today's episode, I have a quick ask for y'all, and that's simply if you find something of value in the show, if it's funny, if it teaches you something, if it's inspirational, if you think somebody should hear it, do your boy a huge, huge, huge favor and go ahead and share it. Uh, share on your social media, tell somebody about it. Uh, you know, any way we can get the word out. I'm trying to grow this show. I think uh, people can hear content like this. I think I do have a unique perspective in terms of like the personal development world because I'm only 23 years old and I'm actually going through it right now. I use a lot of the things I talk about. Um, and I think a lot of people who listen to this show, actually I know, are similar ages to me, so it's it's a little bit more relevant than somebody who did it 20 years ago. Also, we live in a totally different world than we did 20 years ago, so there's a little bit more relevance there. Anyways, yeah, if you like the show, find some value of it, do your boy a favor and share it out, spread the word, talk to your friends about it. I would very much appreciate it, and I'm sure they would as well. Now, today's episode is actually going to be a story I want to tell you guys. Uh, about a conversation my uncle and I had now probably about six or seven months ago um, and how a single word uh, what each of us thought about it really uh, determined what you know the conversation entailed and what we were each uh, talking about I think this happens a lot more than people realize I know it happens to me all the time especially with family members and like my mom uh, we'll be saying, I think, very similar things, uh, but we're just coming at it from different angles or just the most minor confusion. But the story goes like this. Um, it was about, oh, like I said, six or seven months ago, and I had finally been able to connect with my uncle uh, after I'd been gone for the entire summer doing an internship uh, up in North Dakota where I was lucky enough to work with my uncle at the gym that he owns. Uh, I was a assistant strength and conditioning coordinator for a youth strength conditioning program focused on speed. And the program was really quite cool and unique in the fact that it was uh, focused on speed and paired up with this company called Athletic Recovery, um, where Athletic Republic, excuse me, and they kind of trademarked this specially designed treadmill that could go up to really, really crazy high inclines, like 40 degrees, and then also declines. And if you've ever been to a gym, most of them kind of cop out at about 15 degrees, and they don't decline at all. Uh, but once you kind of get into it and you learn a little bit about speed development and you know how to actually progress it, you realize that high inclines are actually really, really good for power development uh, and speed development as well, because speed is just a way to train power with a very low intensity. Um, and so we were doing this, and I had to go, before I could go take this, I had to take like eight or nine courses to really get trained up on uh, how to properly train speed, right? Looking at running gait, uh, why you use different inclines, if you use a resistance band, because we did, and you're like, I know it's a little crazy using resistance bands on a treadmill. Um, but once you understand it, like you're the need for hip flexors, knee drive, all that thing, 
uh, it makes a lot of sense as to why you do it. And it is a little crazy when you're actually doing it on because I had to try it. Um, and then, you know, how the actual program works, right? Because this is all the company essentially sends it out and then all coaches have to do is facilitate it, which is really cool on the coach's part uh, and for the athlete because it, it's a very standardized and it's a proven way to actually increase speed. And every single one of our kids got faster. They all, um, a couple people actually shaved off like half seconds of their 40 time. Um, they increased the vertical jump by multiple inches and just like even like they're all their main lifts. And it was really all in all like a great program uh, to be a part of and a great opportunity uh, that I got to be a part of and have uh, as a coach and just learned a lot about coaching, managing a whole bunch of kids. And I also learned a lot about myself and uh, frankly, just like holding personal standards and um, not letting being comfortable in a situation happen, right? Because I, I learned quite clearly that if you get too comfortable in a situation, uh, you actually tend to let your standards slip and then you don't perform as well and not so great things can happen. Uh, but that part of it is a story for another time. So uh, back to the main conversation. I was actually finally gone to connect with my uncle and we were talking, I was telling him about the program, you know, the youth athletes I was working with. And, you know, we got to the point where, you know, he's asking me, he's like, oh, well, like now that you've been there and done that, like, would you change anything? And, you know, what, what did you learn? Uh, and things like that. And I was, so I was telling him about, you know, some of the, the inefficiencies that I would probably adjust if I were to go back or if I were to run a program similar to that. Um, so kind of how it was mainly set up was on one day, kids would run on the treadmill. And then the other day, they would work on explosive lifts and agility, right? And this worked out pretty well because we had two coaches running the treadmill. And then I would usually, or the other assistant coach, would run the uh, weightlifting and the agility portion of it. And that personally, that's where I ended up most of the time. Uh, worked out because that's where I'm most comfortable. And I got to interact with the most kids. Uh, we had kids ranging all the way from eight years old up to 18. We had a little kid named Manning. That dude was an absolute beast. He was, when he started the summer, he was seven years old, right? And he could do 50 push-ups, like 50 push-ups, 10 pull-ups. And kid was just like crazy athletic. He could hold a plank for like many, it was like six or seven minutes. And he just kind of got bored. And he's like, can we go do something else? And <laughs> uh, by the end of it, you know, he he could do even more than what he was doing. I think he got up to like 60 or 70 push-ups and like almost 20 pull-ups. And this kid's only, by that time, he was eight years old, right? And then we also had kids who were up 18, and they were getting scholarships for other sports, football, basketball, track, and field. Uh, we had one kid deadlift, uh, almost 600 pounds. He was only 16 years old. So really just honestly guys a gift to be able to work with these athletes and you know it's up in north dakota so it's kind of like similar to here in iowa is farm corn fed farm fed and a lot of these kids were used to you know not the city life they all kind of thought i was a city slicker which was funny um that's what happened when i moved to iowa as well even though i'm not from the city i'm from the burbs uh where i was going i was telling my uncle and one of the, you know one of the things I would have probably changed was each kid I would have had the entire program uh, 
uh, printed out ahead of time. And then each kid would have had an individual folder and they could have, you know, tracked down paper or, you know, if we got enough money on like an iPad or something like that. Uh, and then each kid would have a folder and it was would be very clear to track because, you know, one session we could have work in the football team. You know, we had probably 30 to 50 guys depending on the day. And, you know, not all of those guys have been in a gym before. Not all of them have lifted because uh, some of them are freshmen in high school and others have been lifting for six or seven years and they're graduating seniors and very, very, very strong, very, very, very proficient in their movements. Uh, and so they don't need a lot of coaching, but other kids do. You know, I'll be honest, like half of it is just um, child management, you know, essentially being a babysitter. But, um, yeah, so I was telling my uncle this and I kept getting into it. I also did a little um, real basic nutritional counseling for some of the older kids who wanted to put on mass. Uh, quite a few, a couple of the football guys and a couple of basketball players because <clears throat> they were just hitting their growth spurt and had grown six inches in the last year. And frankly, they just weren't eating enough. You know, they were, um, they're hindering their growth with, because their bones were growing faster than their muscles. And it just, you know, they're always constantly in pain, but they needed fuel to grow. So I was helping them out with some like, real basic concepts with that, um, you know, and giving them some general ideas based off of like the MyPlate guidelines and calculating their estimated caloric expenditure and intake needs for all that. And, you know, me and my uncle, I was telling them all about that, you know, everything else I was doing that summer. Cause I was also personally, I was training for a two week backpacking trip uh, over the 4th of July, which I'd gone to and we were gonna average carrying, you know, about a 50, 40 to 60 pound pack, depending on how much food and how much water we had in our pack at the time. And, you know, covering anywhere from three to 12 miles a day in mountainous terrain. Uh, so I was, I was training for that. Um, I was also completing 75 hard during this time. So I was doing two workouts a day, drinking a gallon of water, taking my progress photo, um, you know, reading 10 pages and following a diet with no cheat meals or alcohol. Uh, and then also during that time, I went on a couple solo, or I went on a solo backpacking trip where I covered 38 miles in uh, just over like 24 hours and 45 minutes, uh, or half, 24 hours and you know, it was like 35 minutes, I think was my final time. So I got 36 miles in 23 hours and 40 minutes, like uh, 37. Yeah, 24 hours, 37 minutes to be exact. Because uh, was, that was my goal, and I wanted to get a couple extra miles, see if I could get 40. And the uh, body was just wasn't working it that day. Uh, me and my cousin went on a 20-some mile backpacking trip overnight. Almost got lost a couple times. We ran out of water. Like, we had to go off trail, find a river we ended up breaking into, um, an abandoned oil rig, finding a couple bottles of water, and, like, you know, we had a couple of coyotes or wolves run through our campsite next to our campsite. Uh, you know, we found a freshly killed buffalo carcass or bison, I should be specific there. Uh, you know, so I was doing all these different things throughout the summer and I was training them. And so I was just like telling my uncle all about this. And the whole time, you know, most of the time I'm telling him about like the program, you know, didn't always get along with everybody, how I was dealing with that. And, you know, there's kept being this like one word or this like 
not one word, but it kept seeming like we were having two different conversations. You know, we could never totally understand each other, right? Uh, and I would talk about like how we got our workouts, which right, we would I would get them over text from an Apple Notes page and have like the four or six workouts on it for the week. And then, you know, we would write them up on the windows and kids didn't know what day they were on, you know, so like we would have to guess that and coordinate everybody. I mean, we're training like a hundred and some, like almost a hundred kids, you know, in a week throughout the summer or a given day. So it's a lot to keep track of. And my uncle Cindy was like, well, why the hell are, are you, you know, worried about this? Like these, aren't these supposed to be like, you know, like this should be like um, guaranteed. Like that shouldn't be an issue. Like these kids should be on it. They should have all this like super personalized programming. They should have nutritional counseling. They should be drinking their water, you know, nutrition plans and working their butts off every single day. And eventually I asked Mickey, I was like, Mickey, that's my uncle. I was like, what, what do you think an athlete is? You know, I was like, like, who do you think these kids are? Because, you know, they're, again, they're 8 to 18 years old, and some of these kids have never picked up a weight in their life, or it's like their first year playing a sport. You know, some of the football players, they'd never played football before. And part of the football team's requirements over the summer is you have to join this weights program or a weights program because there's a couple in town. And, you know, so he was like, well, they're like high-level elite athletes. And, you know, like they – like very proficient at like their craft and all, yada, 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 like all these super essentially like describing professional or like D1 collegiate athletes. And I was like, Mickey, these kids are eight to 18 years old and some of them have never been in a weight room before. And he just looks at me and he was like, what? Like he, he couldn't quite understand what they were, because I kept calling them athletes, right? I was like, oh, yeah, the athletes we work with. Because uh, my definition of an athlete is anybody who plays an organized sport, right? And now there's tons of iterations of that, right? You could be a youth athlete, a recreational athlete, a semi-professional athlete, an amateur athlete, high school, collegiate, professional, elites, right? Like all these different things. All of them are athletes because – they are organized sports, right? Um, and I think I would separate, like, somebody just regularly plays pickup basketball at the park or pickup game of football at the park. They're not an athlete. But if they're in, like, a pickup basketball league, you know, or, like, an adult intramural softball league, then I would consider that person an athlete regardless of the severity simply because it's organized right now that's that's my personal definition of it if you have a different one cool cool beans whatever's clever bro um but my uncle mickey just couldn't that like blew his mind like he couldn't grasp that and mind you we're almost three hours deep into this conversation when i asked him this question and this whole time we're having different, seemingly different conversations, right? Like he's thinking I'm talking about all these elite people and, you know, looking back at it, we both just sat there and chuckled because we looked back at the conversation and we're like, oh, that's why neither of us got each other and we were, it's like so confused. You know, because we were talking like, oh, this is why he was thinking that because 
you know, and he was telling me about his experience, just, and he's just like a regular dude when he would go to a gym or he had joined a couple fitness challenges and, you know, they had all the programs like written out and personalized to you. They had a coach that met with you weekly. You know, they had a nutrition plan for you. You know, they had a sleep schedule, workout schedule, water schedule, you know, all these different things. So it was like perfectly laid out for you and all you had to do was just follow it. And so he came in and he was like, oh, well, they're, they're athletes. They should get at least that, if not more, you know. And, you know, here I am thinking what they are is just like, look, kids, 8 to 18, you know, coming to a gym to work out uh, specifically to get faster, you know, work on their speed and strength development. And we chuckled so much, and we still do to this day when it comes up. How one simple word and having a different definition of it can literally cause us to have totally different arguments and totally different conversations, right? And if we had never had that, if I'd never asked Mickey what he thought the word athlete meant, right, we never would have gotten to that level of understanding. We never would have been able to chuckle and we would have continued thinking, the other one's a dumbass because why can't you understand what an athlete is? And, you know, in Mickey's sense, why aren't they getting all of this? And then in my sense, you know, dude, these are kids. Like, why would you expect them to have all this? Like, they're not D1 collegiate athletes. They're not professional athletes. Like, that's just not how most athletic programs are. You know, really, really, really elite ones are, but that just wasn't this program, you know? Um so it was really funny, and what I want you guys to take away from this story is, you know, next time you're conversing with somebody and it feels like you just can't, you're not understanding each other, excuse me, or you, you just can't quite get on the same page, um, and it almost, you're not quite arguing in the terms like you're getting, like, aggressive, like, you know, irritate with the person. Hopefully you realize this before. But, you know, ask yourself and the other person what certain words mean. You know, if it's a relationship, what does love mean? Right? What does it mean when so-and-so says, I love you? Right? What does it mean when you say, I'm going to commit to this thing? Right? Commitment, does that mean, like, you're going to show up every single time with the best attitude with the you know most enthusiasm possible and you're you're going to put that above everything else or is it you're only there for your scheduled time you'll show up on time you'll do your job but nothing more right uh, if you say you love somebody does that mean that they're your number one person that they're above every other person right or do you just have like a strong emotional bond to them? You know, is there a kind of love, right? Like I would say, I love my boys all the time. I love my friends. Yet, if you ask me like if it's them or my mom, my mom 100%, right? Like I love my mother to death. Even though, you know, sometimes we get into arguments or whatnot, like I would do anything for her. I would drop the entire world uh, if she asked me to, right? Uh, one day if I get a wife, and kids, likely my kids will fill that number one spot, right? And then my wife, and then likely my parents, because for me, I 
love them. And when I say I love somebody, I mean I'm committed to them, right? Not that they're always gonna, we're always going to be on the best terms, but that, you know, I will continue to show up. I will continue to put forth effort um, that I, right? Like, it, it's more than just, yeah, we're hanging out or we're, you know, we're, we're doing this thing together, whatever it is. Like, it's, it's a serious word uh, to me, right? And if it's not to you or to somebody you know, like, having that conversation, preferably early, makes so many things just so much simpler. And I think that's kind of like the real message for you guys is focus on clarity in our communication, uh, right? Like when you're communicating with somebody, trying to be as clear as possible, even if it's to the point of almost annoyance, right? Where it's like, or almost excessive, that's better than in a lot of times being super ambiguous with somebody where it could mean many, many, many things, right? Because then you're left wondering, like, does it mean this? Does it mean that? Like, well, what do they actually mean, right? Or if you're in a situation, maybe you're texting somebody, that's a really hard spot to be clear with because, you know, studies show that we actually only communicate only 7% of our communication is verbal, meaning the literal words that we say. Think about it like, I love you. Yeah, I love you. Those two things mean totally different things, yet the words I used are the exact same. I love you, yes. Or I love you, yes. Right, your tonality uh, is a huge part of that. Right, the way you speak, your voice inflection, uh, and then if you're in person or you're video chatting with somebody, what does their body language say? You know, what is does it match their words? If someone goes ha ha ha, right? Most of us we know they're being sarcastic, right? But if if they're keeling over laughing, ha 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 you know, laughing to the point of tears. Obviously, they found that very funny. Right? We can use all these different things. Um, but even then, right, sometimes we can take in all of these different cues, all these different ways to communicate, all these different informational inputs and still not be clear. And so my call to action for you guys today is... Take a second when you're having a conversation to make sure you and the other person are clear onto what things mean, right? It can usually just be a specific word. Um, it could be like you're clear on the context, right? You're clear on a goal. And I think this not only carries over with people, but also with ourselves. If you're going to set a goal, be crystal clear with yourself. Like, to the point where you can visualize it as if you're looking at a picture in real life, right? If it's it's a monetary goal, don't just say, I want to make more money. How much more money do you want to make? How much money, period, do you want to make? If it's, oh, I want to get in, I want to get in shape this year. Well, what the hell does that mean, right? And in terms of goals, if we don't ever specify them, well, now there's nothing actually holding us to them. 
which means, you know, maybe it's that you just don't want to get winded uh, versus another person thinks in shape is being able to run a marathon or having a six pack or lifting 500 pounds, right? Define it for yourself, but whatever you're going to do, be clear about it, guys. So with that, be clear about your words. Be clear when you communicate with somebody. Be clear with yourself, most importantly, so, you, so that you can be clear with others. And above all else, guys, go out, kick ass, earn a good day. If you found something valuable, do me a huge favor and share the show. Out.